It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Eric Cartier in Colorado Springs at Rocky Mountain Calvary. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you're having a good day. We'd like to welcome all of our listeners throughout Colorado and also on the East Coast in Pennsylvania, Maryland, and New Jersey. This is a a live show, and the heart and purpose is for you to be able to call and ask questions about things in Scripture and also things going on in your life. Love being able to talk about real things, go to God's Word together, go to God's throne room together. Together. Our number is 303-690-3000. So pick up the phone, give me a call. The lines are open, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send me a text question, 720-336-0897. I read a really good quote uh, yesterday in a sports article, and it said this, that fatigue makes cowards of us all. It's Vince Lombardi. He said, when you get fatigued, it makes everybody a, a coward. And we see that in sports a lot of times the team that's in the best shape ultimately ends up winning i find in my life when i get tired when my soul is tired when i'm wore out when i'm going beyond my bandwidth that temptation gets much worse despair and and depression and i think that this is what we find in psalms 119 i've been meditating upon this uh, today this is verse 25 it says my soul clings to the dust revive me according to your word uh, the, the psalmist is saying that my soul is in despair. My soul clings to the dust, and God, I need you to revive me. Also, the psalmist knows the source of the revival is the Word of God. And if you're in that place of fatigue, uh, as you're listening to today, today's show, I would encourage you to have that moment of honesty with the Lord, of God, I'm, I'm hurting here, and then also to ask Him to revive you uh, with His Word. So we pray that you're uh, refreshed today in Jesus' name. Again, you're listening to Calvary Live. The number is 303-690-3000 or also you can text at 720-336-0897 Let's go to line one to Joe in Loveland. Joe, welcome to the program. Hi there, how's it going? Good, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Good. Um, yeah, I just I just had a question of what the Bible has to say about a believer dating a non-believer yeah that's a a great question um second corinthians six fourteen comes to mind it says don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness um, and that word yoked it means linked together uh, so there's that encouragement uh, to not be linked together uh, uh, with unbelievers and, and definitely you know you would never want to uh, get married to a, an unbeliever uh, because there's two different sets of priorities Priorities. Uh, as a Christian, Christ is leading our life, and, and for someone who doesn't know the Lord, uh, they don't have the, the, that surrendering to the light, the surrendering, uh, surrendering to Christ and and His love. Um, 
you know, my personal conviction before I was married is I never wanted to just date to date. I always wanted to, to date for the purpose of potentially getting married. So if it was someone that I never saw myself marrying, I, I didn't want to waste their time or hurt them, uh, b- but by dating. And so, um, I think biblically we can say don't, don't ever, uh, marry an unbeliever, uh, dating. I would, I would say be careful and, and, and be wise. Okay, yeah, I guess I guess I was you kind of just answered my second question just because it says, you know, don't divorce your husband if they're a non believer. So I guess in my head I was curious how do you get to that point of having a husband or a wife who's a non believer if you did I know dating is very new, but is that like some biblical principle from the old testament? That's a great question, and and really, what we find there is is God's addressing every situation. Uh, and if you are married and your and your spouse is an unbeliever, you are just to stay committed to them uh, in hopes that they would come to know the Lord. So I think a couple of things happen sometimes. People, when they get married, they're both unbelievers, and one of them gets saved, and they find themselves in that situation. Sometimes a, a believer, even though they're not supposed to marry an unbeliever, they, they choose to, and then their logic might be, well, I guess I can go ahead and get divorced. And God says, nope, uh, once you're married, you're married, uh, and you need to stay committed to them. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, um, and this is, this is for my friend, you know, uh, she says that God has put this on her heart to stay in this dating relationship, even though he's an unbeliever. So I guess that kind of answers that question. You know, I think of it this way. If you have a person that's standing on a chair and then someone that's standing on ground level, it's always a lot easier to pull that person um, off the chair as opposed to them pulling you up. Um, and so I would just encourage your friend to to examine there in Corinthians that tells us to not be unequally yoked and to, to really, really pray about it. And as a pastor observing people's marriages, it's really difficult to be married to an unbeliever. You know, it's it's much more difficult than people would, would realize, but yeah. Okay. Well, great. Thank you yeah. so much. You bet. Thanks for calling, Joe. God bless you. Yeah. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Apologize for some of the technical issues. Uh, we had some issues with Pastor Eric's internet connection, and I have been able to jump in and take the rest of the calls today. So this is Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, and what what was once uh, dead air is now live. So give me a call. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. And uh, you know, it just reminds me that uh, when technology works, it is such a great friend. Uh, and when technology doesn't work, it can lead to some frustrations uh, and difficulty. And that I wonder how much of the frustrations that we experience uh, in life uh, today uh, has everything to do with technology because uh, so much of us, so much of our lives depend upon technology. So give me a call. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, open lines. Uh, so give me a call. Text me 720-336-0897. And as we go right to the phone lines, we're going to pick up with line number one is Lydia calling from Denver, Colorado. Lydia, uh, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. How are you? I'm good. How are you? 
good, thank you. Um, I'm just what calling. Can I, do for you? I was just calling in to see if I could get her basically a prayer request. Okay. <sighs> I think my biggest challenge I'm currently facing is is my faith. Um, yes. I've been very challenged at work. I've humbled myself. I pray every day. But I feel that I don't know where to look for answers anymore, and I don't feel my prayers are being heard. Yes. And I think the more time passes, I feel like it's getting smaller and smaller, and I don't like to feel that way, but I just need the strength to keep my faith in the Lord and know that He's going to work to move me where I need to be. You're right. You know, these difficult times that we face, whether I was just listening uh, just as they were texting me to jump in and pick up this the show today, I was listening to a Bible study by Pastor Chuck Smith. Uh, mm-hmm. Somebody gifted me a uh, somebody gave me these CDs of all of his topical messages. Pastor Chuck has gone home to be with the Lord, but but he still teaches. And the topic was in Matthew chapter 11, mm-hmm. uh, in verse 25. It's one of those verses that's very familiar, mm-hmm. uh, and I'll read it to you. It says, <clears throat> in Matthew 11, Jesus says, um, well, first he says in verse 25, he says, At that time Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and have revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for it seemed good to you in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. And then he gives that great invitation, and I believe that great invitation is going out to Lydia today and everyone else that's listening. Jesus says, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And Jesus, he just gives you that invitation, and you're, you're stepping in that, that, that right direction by calling and asking for prayer. You're, you're stepping in the right direction. You know, Pastor Chuck said in the Bible study, he said, the burden that man tends to carry around, uh, which would be you and would be me, is the burden to please ourselves. And I found that was an interesting way. If, if we were to ask the question, you know, what, what's the big burdens in people's lives, we would probably identify, well, alcohol or drugs or whatever it might be. But the reality is, is that the battle that's in our lives uh, for rest and for surrender is that pleasing of ourselves. And and so what does God do? He allows these situations to come into our lives to remind us that, that our pleasure and our satisfaction is to come through our relationship with Him. And there's nothing at work that's going to overwhelm that, and there's nothing in life that's going to overwhelm that, even though we get to these places like you are right now in great weakness which reminds me of a passage I've been meditating on recently uh, where Paul is, uh, he's just overwhelmed with something in his life. We don't know exactly what, uh, but he describes it as a thorn. Uh, and the word that he uses to describe that is like a, a, a five to six inch thorn, kind of the kind of thorns 
that were made into a crown uh, and shoved into the twisted into the head of Jesus. And and here's how he describes his struggle. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. <clears throat> Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And God has just allowed a season into your life where, as you're crying out to him, his answer is, Lydia, Ed, everyone else listening, my grace is sufficient for you, son, daughter. Because when you're weak, my strength, God says, is made perfect. And so, Father, I pray for my sister and everyone listening in. I pray for myself. I lift myself up as well alongside my sister to say, Lord, in our weakness, would you give us eyes to see your strength? Would you give us the capacity to acknowledge your presence in our lives? And would you take the burden off our shoulders of trying to please ourselves, you know, trying to come to the place where everything's going the way that we want it to go, and then we'll be happy, and this situation's solved, and then we'll be happy. But rather, God, may we be joyful in all things and endure, as my brother texted me yesterday, uh, that we would endure and persevere and grow in, in our faith in you. And I know Lydia's carrying a heavy burden right now, and it's very hard and very difficult for her. And I pray, God, you would meet her right where she is, and you would minister to the deep issues of her heart, and that you would remind her and reveal yourself in a powerful way of how much you love her and how much you care for her and, and how much, God, you are working in her life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, hey, listen, Lydia, why don't you email me? Uh, after, as soon as you hang up, we get to a computer, email me, and I'll send you a link uh, to that Bible study I listened to. I was just okay. listening to it seconds before I came on the air, so I think it'll really encourage you. Okay, is it on your website? Yeah, so you can just remember Pastor Ed at CalvaryAurora.org. Okay, I will. All right, do that. Thank you. Thank you, sister. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Give me a call. We've got open lines, uh, taking your calls and your questions. Uh, just really growing in the grace of God together, uh, finding our strength in the Lord together. And this is the show where we take your calls and your questions, uh, where we talk about the things of the Lord. We do a lot of praying together, uh, which is great. Uh, we have various pastors on throughout the week uh, with different personalities and different callings. Uh, and and I'm just so blessed to when I tune in and I hear Pastor Eric answering questions or Pastor Nick or Pastor Jeff uh, on the Mondays as Pastor Nate. Please remember to pray for Pastor Nate as he is taking the leadership up at Calvary Chapel in Vail Valley. Uh, he is in the midst of his transition right now and and just praying blessings upon him and his wife and his kiddos uh, in the new work that God wants to do up in the Vail Valley. And then we can't forget our brother Tommy Schneider. Uh, he texted me earlier today. He has moved now already in California 
taking the leadership of being entrusted to him by the Lord of Calvary Chapel, Santa Barbara, California. So please be in prayer for those guys. Give me a call, 303-690-3000, and we'll take your call on the air. Of course, you can text me directly if you'd like. Uh, this is this number is for texting only. It's 720-336-0897. If you're just tuning in for the first time, welcome, welcome. You're listening to Calvary Live on Grace FM and the Hope FM radio networks. Grace FM can her, be heard in Nebraska and Wyoming and Colorado all the way down to the border of Pueblo West. And Hope FM is heard all over on the East Coast from uh, Pennsylvania, Maryland, uh, New Jersey, and uh, forget the other state, but it'll come to me. I was just out a few weeks ago at the East Coast Pastors Conference, and it was such a blessing to listen to Hope FM as I was driving around the Philadelphia area, and what a blessing it is to be a part of you. Now, remember you guys on the East Coast, just a reminder If you're listening to this program, it is broadcast to you one week in delay, and if you're here on Grace FM, you're listening to it live. Unless it's an encore, which we announce at the beginning of the show, uh, you are listening live. So give me a call. I'd love to have you. Give me a call. I'd love to talk about the things of the Lord. We're going to be in Bible study tonight at Calvary in Aurora, Calvary in Aurora. We're going to be tackling the topic of God's predestination predestination. Uh, What a topic. Looking forward to it. 303-690-3000. Stuff starts at 7 o'clock here. You can uh, listen live on Grace FM. You can watch live through our app and our website, Calvary Aurora, or you can be here live, which is what we prefer. We'd love to have you here and serve you and be in fellowship with you uh, in these last days. 303-690-3000. Lines are lighting up. I'm going right to the phone lines today. Uh, it looks like it's Benin in Denver. Yes, Dennis. Dennis, welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing, sir? I'm good, man. What's up? Uh, I just want to. Um, was wondering if I can get a um, a quick prayer for my for my family. I have a very young family: a two two year old, four year old, and a six year old. My oldest and my wife. Um, we're we're just struggling through um, a lot of hardship. Um, we we haven't really found a home a home church or, um, we've, we just been, um, I've been praying for, for God to give us a Bible study once a week for me and my wife to connect spiritually. And, um, it's just a lot of stress has been happening because of the, because of the children and it's just a lot on our plate. So I was just uh, wondering if I can, uh, just say a quick prayer to, um, just draw closer to Jesus. For sure. So, Are you, for do you my have your family because I just want them to succeed in life, and I don't want them to have any of the hardship that I had through my growing up or um, becoming a man. Do you have your radio on right now? Um, I turn it all the way off and down. Okay, um, that's good because I hear an echo. So yes, l- let's talk about what, what city are you in, and where where do uh, you guys live? I live in Inglewood. Inglewood. So. Where would that be? Like, kind of give me the cross streets, like uh, big cross streets. Uh, in between uh, uh, Santa Fe and Hampton, pretty much. Okay. Uh, there, There's a Calvary, a brand new Calvary that's meeting <laughs> at Denver Seminary. Yeah. Uh, have you tried them yet? It's called Truth Church? No. Um, they just started renting the building there at uh, Denver Seminary. And let me get you... 
the brothers. Uh, that's a church to start. That's right, right near you. Um, yeah. And you go south a little bit. Uh, Dimmer Seminary is right there on on Santa Fe. And let me get you a, some information on that while we're waiting. Because you're right that that is one of the places <clears throat> that's going to be one of the key things in building unity and ministry in your family's life is to be in a church. Yes, and, and, I'm, and I'm tired of kind of like trying to find the perfect one and um, <laughs> you know because there's no perfect one obviously and right. you're going to have your, your 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 pros and your cons well wherever you go and so I'm just trying to humble myself I'll be 33 years old um, this this summer so I know it's time for me to really be a, a spiritual leader and, and clean clean myself up too and I just want to Sure. Give my my whole heart and everything I have to Jesus because um, noticing how the world perceives themselves and and how everyone acts in the world they don't really take time to understand what the crucifixion and Him rising from the dead what that truly means and it, it and it's starting to mean a lot to me but I I really want to um, clean up everything that I have in my life so I can um, put the first fruits. For my for my for my wife and for my kids, so they can see, right. see the Jesus in me, and it's hard because um, a lot of my brothers that have been close to me in the Lord have kind of drifted off, and um, and they're kind of close relatives. So I just want to keep them um, uplifted, knowing that the world has nothing there for us anymore. And if Jesus has called us to serve a purpose or a mission, then we got to answer that call, and that's all I want to do. And I'm. Um, just want to be the best leader I can be. Well, here's the phone number. I want yes, you to sir. here's here's the phone number for the church. It's seven two zero. Okay. Two one zero. Yes. Three three six six. Three three six six. All right. Thank you, Pastor. That'll be a good beginning. And you know, here's the thing: God is calling you to Himself. He's calling you to a personal, close, intimate walk with Him. And, and he's going to begin to put other things in your life in the shadows so that you can dedicate and devote yourself to, to living for him. And it doesn't depend on your wife, and it doesn't depend on your kids. Your yeah. own personal walk depends on everything upon your mind and your commitment to follow through with the, with the presence of the Lord in your life. You know, as Jesus said in John 15, that you would abide in him. And God is yeah. wanting... God is wanting you to abide in Him and draw near to Him, just like this phone call starting. It's just yeah. this phone call starting the process and visiting a church is, you know, you're right. None of this perfect church. Nobody, nobody. There's no such thing as the perfect church, as you well stated. And um, even our Pastor, criteria. Pastor Eddie, may, may I confirm that telephone number just one more time, please? Sure. It's seven two zero. Yes. Two one zero. Uh huh. Three three six six. Got it. And the brother's uh, pastor's name is Sam. Sam. Thank you. Thank you for that information. Yeah, I just, uh, what's been troubling my heart, too, is that, you know, I I see the good and bad, and what really um, not depresses me, but really makes me unhappy is when the joy, um, my my fire for the Lord, and it just, when it gets taken away, in a sense, where I miss just knowing that, um, the joy's there, and, and you're doing everything in your heart to make not so much good deeds to make them happy, but just knowing that you have a, a true heart. Well, let me ask you a question. Yes. Do you have a job? Yes. 
How would you, what do you think your boss's name, what, what's your, give me your boss's name. You don't have to give him the real name. Just give me a name. We'll use his name. Uh, Maurice. Okay, so let, let's say Maurice uh, gives you a job and, and he oversees you and all you need to do is show up. That's all you need to do is show up. That's it. Yes. That's, that's your job. Just show up. Yes. What, what, what do you think is going to happen when you don't show up the first day or the second day? Or the third day. How long is Maurice going to wait until your relationship's broken with him? Not that long. Not that long. I mean, even men on the earth realize the value of being where you're supposed to be, and 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 showing up. And if you think of you think of your relationship with God, all these things that are burdened on your heart, all these things that are troubling you, all these things that that are wearing you down, have nothing to do with you showing up. And, and, and abiding in the presence of the Lord, like that life, drawing your very life from your relationship with Jesus Christ so that he will fulfill his promise in your life when he said that he will give you rest. And when you begin to walk in the rest of Jesus, that, that rest he describes in Matthew 11 as rest for your soul, yes. so, some of these other things that are, are going to be immediately cleared up. Some of these other things are going to start gaining context. Some some of these other things you're you're going to find that that your relationship with the Lord is going to is blossoming, which is going to in, increase your relationship with others. And so that's what I'm going to be praying for you. And I don't mean show up at church. That's not what I mean. I mean show up with the Lord, like like moment by moment, living in the grace of God, and making my mind staying my. The Bible says that blessed is that man whose mind is stayed on you. And staying my mind, just like right now, you know, when I'm talking, you're receiving, but then when you talk, you'll say, but I've got this burden, I've got this difficulty, then I'll talk and I'll say, no, let's get our mind back on the Lord. And when your mind's on the Lord, even for 30 seconds, even for three minutes, you're encouraged, you're strengthened. And now God is going to teach you, God is going to teach you as you grow in his grace, he's going to teach you what it means to daily focus your attention on him and draw your strength from him and allow him to really fill you afresh and anew every morning. So let me pray for you. Father, I pray for my friend Dennis, and you know the battle he's been fighting and the desire of his heart. I think there's many people in listening in right now that have a similar desire. They want to see victory and strength. They, they want to see an overcoming life. They, they want to experience your love. He's, they see our own age and we see our age and we're just like, oh, Lord, we want more of you, not less of you. Uh, we want to experience more of your rest. We want to experience more of your power. We want to experience more of your overcoming spirit in our lives. And so I pray for my brother as he turns his attention towards you and so many listening in that they might harness, Lord, the commitment to abide in you and enjoy you and to stay their mind Lord, help us to keep our minds firmly fixed on you, that you might be our strength day by day. And I pray for some of these things in his heart, Lord, some of the things that are are really troubling him, some of the things that are concerning him, Lord, that we're just going to cast our cares upon you because you care for us and watch you show yourself faith on our behalf. So I pray for my brother, and I look forward to hearing from him next week after he visits the church and what you've spoken to him and how you're going to use that in his life. In Jesus' name, amen. 
with you on very much, Couch Daddy. I uh, hope you have a, a good evening, sir, and thank you for um, hearing me out. And I'm just going to um, just keep shooting for God's glory because I just I, I love Jesus a lot, and I, I want to see his face, and that's all I want to do is see his face. He belie- I believe you, and, and I, you know, God is going to give you that desire. He's already he's already given it to you because it's already yours by faith. Amen. See you, bro. I appreciate it. Have Bye-bye. a good evening. Thanks. Bye-bye. Uh, we're coming up on the first half of the program so quick, but then I did start late. Uh, and we want to pray for the technical things up with uh, Pastor Eric um, because it's a frustrating thing to have all these technical difficulties. We've had our fair share in our building in Aurora as well. So we're going to the break and just so grateful that we could talk about the things of the Lord today uh, that we can be used of him in these last days so stick around we've got a half of the program left uh, and we'll take your calls and questions lines are open so give us a call 303-690-3000 this is Ed Taylor I'm the pastor at Calvary and Aurora you're listening to Grace FM and Hope FM right here welcome back to Calvary Live Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Hey, welcome back everyone to today's edition of Calvary Live. Uh, So glad that you've joined us, so glad that you've tuned in, looking forward to hearing uh, what you want to accomplish uh, in calling, like what's on your heart, what's on your mind, uh, what can we be praying for? You know, you have a Bible question that, uh, like today, there was a great, uh, my daughter came in today, uh, we we read most, we read the Proverbs almost every day, you know, every, uh, it's part of my Devo life to read the Proverbs for the day, and there was an interesting proverb uh, today in chapter 9, um, right, today's the ninth. yep, 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 9, chapter 9, verse 12, and it says, if you are wise, you're wise for yourself. And if you scoff, you'll bear it alone. That's the New King James. And and I noted when I read it this morning, uh, I noted it and I'm like, hmm, interesting. I didn't really press in or uh, didn't really um, dig deep on it. And then later in the morning, uh, my daughter came in and said, I have a question on this verse. And so she came and and she looked at it. So one of the things that we did is we looked at it in another translation because sometimes another translation will update the language just a little bit to help us understand. And so we looked at it in the New Living Translation. And this would be good for you. You know, if you're looking at a, a scripture and and uh, you, you know, the New King James or the New American Standard or one of the more literal translations is hard for you to grasp, it's good to pick up a uh, an, an alternate translation. And I like... Uh, the NLT for that. And here's what it says in the NLT. It says, if you become wise, you will be the one to benefit. And if you scorn wisdom, you will be the one to suffer. Now, isn't that a great truth to meditate on and think through? Uh, Because a lot of what in Proverbs 9 is talking about wisdom. I mean, most of the Proverbs have everything to do with gaining wisdom. And in in wisdom, um, if you grow in your understanding, um, I was thinking back as well, um, when you think of uh, Peter, where he said to add to our knowledge, uh, let me get that, it's Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5, 
Uh, and we do have open lines. I'll get back to the phone lines in just a second. Uh, but we do have lines if you want to grab them, 303-690-3000. And also, if you want to text, we have a dedicated texting line, 720-336-0897. You're listening to Calvary Live right here on Grace FM. And you guys on Hope FM are hearing it a week later. Uh, and so let's get back to, to Second Peter and that proverb today. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to per- perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And isn't that the truth? And it goes just right along with uh, what the Proverbs said today. Uh, if you're wise, you're going to be you're going to be the benefit. You're going to benefit from the wisdom of God. And if you scorn and and ignore wisdom, then you're going to be the one to suffer. So it makes sense for us to draw near to the Lord and to wash our minds and our lives with the water of his word uh, so that the wisdom of God and the understanding of God would be given to us. Sometimes we think we're so smart. Uh, we think we have all the answers and we can just, you know, how careful we need to be that when we're talking to people and ministering to them that we don't treat the Bible like an aspirin and just throw out a verse and, uh, you know, take this verse and call me in the morning kind of thing, but rather to really pray, even silently, God, give me wisdom. How do I apply um, your word into this situation? So let's pick up the, the phone line. The very next call is going to be on line number two is Michael calling from Denver, Colorado. Michael, welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you, Pastor. What can I do for you, Michael? Well, um, so first of all, I just want to say thank you. This is a great show. I listen regularly, and it's like a fellowship. You know, you don't you get to hear people's concerns, prayers, um, praise, etc. And, and it really is almost like a pa- uh, like a fellowship. But I just want to thank you for your leadership on that, Pastor. My oh, question is more uh, so. It's really pretty specific. I was married to an unbeliever, and I loved her very much, and. Um, Maybe because of the unyoking, uh, we, we fell apart and we divorced. And I find myself in a relationship with her again. And I'm struggling okay. with, uh, you know, she continues to be an unbeliever and pretty adamant about it. And, and I'm, you know, committed to, uh, to my life and my relationship and with Jesus Christ. And, and um, you know, so, so that's the struggle. And I think you probably get the question. Thank you. Well, I think I think that the question is, should you stay with her? And the Bible says you're not to be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. And so this new relationship with her after the divorce should be one of friendship, praying that she might become a believer and truly uh, be born again and bring into, if there is a new relationship for you guys, bring into a marriage the fact that you're both believers. Okay. So I, and, I, think, and I think that's your question. Is that your question? Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah. So that really is sort of a direction that you're that you're sharing there is that that's the that's the path I should take rather than a um, a a boyfriend girlfriend um, moving towards getting fully back together with without considering that that uh, that um, that other piece, right? That the Jesus Christ. I, I I think it is God's will for you guys um, to both be believers. That's His primary 
go and I don't know and, and we don't need to get into all the details surrounding the divorce. Uh, however, there has been the separation and there has been the divorce. And so now as a single man, the scriptures that apply to singleness apply to you. And and it's perfectly okay to be friends with her uh, and to befriend her for the sake of loving and sharing the gospel with her. But how careful you need to be because you have this history and because you have shared intimacy before and because you have been married that um, the reality of of this situation is you need to be very cautious. So here's a suggestion or something very practical, and that is ask her if she'd be willing to sit down with a pastor at your church mm-hmm. and, and just talk about things. Uh, talk about this new friendship. Talk about this relationship. Talk about some of the issues in your you know, past marriage. There's a lot of different topics that could be brought up that would put her in an environment toward the Lord. Um, and not away from the Lord. I think that would be a great beginning for both of you. If you, you know, honey, we're we're back together and we're friends, and and you know, I'm really liking our time together. But look, you know, I'm committed. You know, our biggest problem when before was I was committed to God and you weren't, and and so I want you, I want to, I want you to meet our pastor. I want you to meet one of the pastors at our church, and and let's go in and talk to them about our future. Um, that would be a great request without any strings attached. Yeah, you know, that makes sense. Um, So let's just fast forward to hypothetically saying that she uh, did all that, and then she just stayed committed to not wanting to have that life. Yeah, the Bible couldn't be clearer that we're not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that couldn't be more clearer than that. Yeah, okay. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time, Pastor, and, and I thought that was the answer. And, um, it, you know, it's still difficult and still a struggle, but I, oh, yeah, I appreciate it. And I, and I always yeah. appreciate the prayer, too. And uh, okay. you know, I've text concerns in, and, and uh, the text back have always been very encouraging. And, and uh, you know, prayer over text, so I appreciate it. Okay, thanks, brother. Yeah, bye. Bye-bye. Lord, I just pray for my brother uh, as he hangs up. It's a very difficult uh, situation, for sure, um, dealing with all of the personal feelings and and all of the um, emotions from the previous relationship. So we just pray that, that you would um, pour out your Holy Spirit upon my brother. Uh, and singles, um, you know, f- as I think of singles listening in, um, in a just difficult time in their lives, Lord, that uh, especially those that are discouraged and, you know, those that are, are just really wondering um, what is going on and what's happening and will I ever... Uh, have um, a, a spouse, um, Lord. I pray that their <clears throat> sufficiency would be in you, and they would trust you. In Jesus' name, Amen. I want to take a text question before I get back to the phone lines. Uh, the text question comes in, and it says, "Hey, Pastor, I've been struggling a lot with anger the last couple weeks. Could I get some prayer and advice for dealing with this?" Uh, yeah, anger uh, has its place, um, and I'm sure that's not the kind of anger you're struggling with. But interestingly enough, the Bible does give us uh, permission to be angry. Um, the Bible even describes something as righteous anger, which I don't know that we're ever capable of that. I mean, I guess in the spirit we probably could, but we would never be able to turn over tables, I don't think, the way Jesus did perfectly, uh, because anger always... Uh, 
anger has a way of always pricking our flesh. And we know that to be true because the Bible says that one of the works of the flesh is outbursts of wrath. And outbursts of wrath come directly from internalized or nursed anger. You know, we can we can do a couple things with anger. We can feed it and then we blow our tops or we can stuff it and then eventually blow our tops. But the third thing that we can do with our anger is we can confess it, you know, in prayer. We can tell God all of our ang- all, everything that we're angry about. Uh, we can emote to God emotionally. Um, the Bible says to cast all of our cares upon Him, and so anger is care, uh, and and also understand uh, the the origin. Anger, sinful anger, is primarily a selfish emotion. It is a selfish response to something not going the way that we expected. Sinful anger. Now again, I'm speaking in generalities, so those of you listening in can examine your own life before the Lord. But anger is a selfish emotion that is usually used to, to try to control a situation, to control a person. Or you're angry because you can't, you, you know, for example, what's, what's one of the most common things that get us mad is when somebody cuts us off on I-25. Um, I don't know what it is back east. If it's I-95 or I-75, I don't know what it is over. But for us, it's I-25 here in Colorado. And when you get cut off, uh, you know, you, you, are, you are messed up and angry. And why? Why are you? Well, part of it could be you just endangered my life and I got my kids in the back seat, maybe. And that's, you know, that could be, that could be in the realm of righteous anger. But usually it's, it's usually because, you know, we thought we owned the lane and I expect to drive I-25 without being hassled or bothered by anybody. And, and then somebody, you know, isn't paying attention. And so you, because you're paying attention, you're mad that somebody else isn't paying attention. Then they scared you. And, and usually it's a lot of that. And, you know, that's the, that, that happens all the time. You can see it. The more you guys commute on I-25, you see it all the time. But on occasion, it raises to the level of what? You guys know what it is. Say it. Say it out loud. Road rage. Well, same thing is true in the life of the believer. Same thing is true. Anger becomes an outburst of wrath. And it's usually triggered by some selfish mood. So let me give you a a book recommendation uh, if you're listening I'll also <clears throat> send it to you on the text, but there is a book that um, I recommend, and it is called "It is called Anger Is a Choice." Anger is a choice, and yes, it is. Like any other emotion, it's a choice. So I'm gonna send that to you, uh, responding to your text, and then uh, we're gonna pray for you. So God, another topic that's pretty common, uh, this topic of anger, uh, and I pray for this person that, um, that is dealing with this, and who else is listening in that's dealing with it, uh, that we might grow in your grace and your knowledge. Um, Lord, help us to grow, help us to stay strong, and Lord, you, you can even take away this anger. And you can remove it and replace it with the love and the joy and the peace and the patience that comes through the abiding presence of your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Great question. Thanks for sending it in. Back to the phone lines is Rosalind on line one. Rosalind's calling from Colorado Springs. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor Ed. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, my question concerns um, the Orthodox Church. Okay. Um, and the, I guess the question is, um, are their beliefs um, biblical? Well, uh, a few things that happen in any Orthodox. There are different even schools of Orthodoxy. You know, so there is the Greek Orthodox Church. There's the Oriental. There's the Russian, the Romanian. There's, so there's quite a bit of what, what would be considered the Eastern Church. Have you heard it referred to as that, the Eastern Church? Yes. And then the equivalent of the Western Church would be the Roman Catholic Church. It's the high order of of liturgy within a church. And there's a few things that the Greek or, you know, the Orthodox churches in general um, differ with a view of what might be termed um, uh, evangelicalism. You know, one is their view of communion. Um, the, the Orthodox church believes in something called transubstantiation, uh, and which is basically a view that believes that the elements literally become the physical body and blood of Jesus Christ, uh, which is nowhere to be found in the scriptures. Um, Jesus, when he spoke of communion, uh, and he, he gave that instruction, he used elements to, um, if you recall, he took the bread and broke it, and he said, compare this, this is a symbol of my body. And he took the wine that was at the Passover meal and he said, take and drink. And he compared that to blood. He, and again, in John chapter 6, Jesus once again talked about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. But he didn't hand them his arm to take a bite out of it. And he didn't cut his veins to give them blood. Uh, and so I, I strongly disagree with the view of transubstantiation based on the scriptures. And another another view in orthodoxy that is troubling is the reverence, and it's very similar to the Roman Catholic Church, what, the veneration, they call it, the veneration of saints, or you know, the, even the looking to saints more than they look to the Lord. Um, and you know, they'll kneel uh, before or kiss images of Mary or the deceased saints that have gone before them. Uh, showing reverence to their memories instead of taking their needs directly to the one mediator between man and God, the man Christ Jesus. Uh, and orthodoxy, in a general sense, also has a system of salvation that's based upon works and not just faith, uh, which is something I believe the Bible disagrees as well. And there's many other uh, differences, but those are some of the big ones. Do, do they claim to be the original church or that's a good question uh you know because they the the orthodoxy kind of spread kind of split in like the 1000s and i don't i don't have in front of me the reasons why uh, but it was some kind of disagreement uh with the western branch which is known as roman catholicism uh, but i know that they have referred to themselves as the mother church of christendom before uh so um, but I'm, I'm, I think with a little bit of research, we could get those questions answered. But in general, um, I, I think that they would think that they're the only church. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you so very much. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, if you email me, I can send you an article. Okay. All right. I um, will. Okay. Great. Thank you. Thank you.
Bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. It's one, we had a question yesterday on why is there so much division in the body of Christ, and the brother was going in one direction uh, in mentioning groups that weren't a part of uh, Christianity. And then, it, so it, we, we didn't talk about the idea of, you know, orthodoxy and even Roman Catholicism holding to the, holding to the, to some basic traditional beliefs like the substitutionary atonement of Jesus Christ, the Trinity, the deity of God, or the deity of Christ. But then we start to branch off, and that's where that's where division and that's where difficulties lie, um, and not just in the big ones, but in the little ones. You know, a lot of times division comes on secondary matters. Now, believe me, when it comes to Roman Catholicism and Orthodoxy, I'm not minimizing the big differences that we share from the Bible. However, I do believe real believers uh, exist in orthodox churches and i do believe real believers exist in roman catholic roman catholic churches and i do believe real believers exist in calvary chapel i also believe that a lot of people that are faking it exist in calvary chapel and i also believe a lot of people that are relying upon religion to save them rather than jesus exist in orthodoxy and roman catholicism and the real the real effort that needs to be made on our part is to introduce people to the real jesus and his call, you know, it ties in with the earlier caller, his call to come to him for the kind of rest that they're looking for. Uh, not Like Pastor Chuck even said, man, we complicate things. We complicate the call of Jesus to himself. Uh, we set up rules and regulations. And every one of us does this. Um, it's not just some churches. It's all of us. We all have internally rules and regulations that we either internally follow or we expect others to follow in order to be righteous, in order to be right with the Lord. And and what a burden we carry uh, when the Lord just says, take me, follow me, trust me. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, we're going to move on to line number one, or two is John in West Grove, Pennsylvania. Hey, John, welcome to the program. How you doing, buddy? I'm okay. What's um, going on, man? Well, I wanted to say, like, recently, see, I have uh, degenerative joint disease, and I had a fall, and I broke my hip and my femur. Oh, my. And this guy, it wasn't, I tripped, I walked with a cane, and I tripped over the gas pump hose, right? Oh, no. And this guy picked me up, and I said, something's wrong, I don't feel right. Uh, Just sit me down slow, and he dropped me. And luckily, there was a state trooper there that I know who was getting gas in his vehicle. And I think I called him over, and I had to go get an ambulance, and have emergency surgery because it broke on the arm. I'm so sorry, man. How can I be praying? How can I pray for you, brother? Okay, well, see, the thing is, uh, I'm a Jesus Christian. Okay. And the thing is, a lot of people think that's kind of strange or something, but I don't. I believe in Jesus Christ as my Savior. And you know, my creator, because if you listen to what Jesus says, 
when Peter asked him, what is what does he look like? What does he look like? And Jesus says, well, if you've seen me, you have seen my father, right? So how can I pray for you, my friend? Okay. Um, please pray for me to have a speedy recovery. I'm okay. doing my own physical therapy. I'm able to walk okay. to the mailbox with my walker. Oh, good. And, you know, I did all this on my own. And they were sending these uh, people out to do physical therapy, and they were hurting me more than they were helping. Well, let's, let's pray right now, brother. I'm going to pray for you right now. So, Father, I pray for my brother. Uh, I can hear it in his voice and how he's described his situation. It's very hard and very painful. And even as people tried to help him, they seemed to hurt him even more. And I pray that, that as you as you meet him right where he's at right now, as, as you meet him in his need, that you would give him the speedy recovery that he desires, that you would give him the ability to live without any pain medications, with a clear head. I'm grateful to hear, God, of him describe his relationship as a Jesus Christian. Um, certainly, um, in its most simplest form, I think any of us that are following you, Jesus, could say the same thing, that we want to be men and women that are known by our love for one another and by our love for Jesus Christ. So be with my brother in Pennsylvania, and thank you so much for the opportunity, God, to minister to people on the west co- on the on the East Coast. Um, what an honor and a privilege, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for calling, brother. All right, we're going to get to the final call of the day, it looks like. Matthew's in Loveland, Colorado. Matthew, welcome to the program. Oh, thanks for, thanks for taking my question. Uh, you're welcome. We've got just a few minutes, so how can I help you? Uh, uh, I guess I'm wondering what your thoughts were on, you know, why why as Protestants we would say that Scripture alone is the authority, as opposed yes. to Scripture and tradition and the Roman Catholic and Eastern Orthodox traditions. That's a great question. I think that the way that I'd answer that is I would not put it in terms of an Orthodox Catholicism compared to Protestantism. I'd go be before that. I would take that question long before that and think and and begin to look at the life and the begin to look at the life of both those in Judaism which was the precursor and the cradle of Christianity and also the early church uh, and so when you when you read when you read the new testament which predates protestantism and catholicism you see that in acts chapter 2 verse 42 that the commitment that the early believers made was to continue steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and in fellowship in the breaking of bread, and in prayer. And in the early days, they were primarily studying the Torah and the Law and the Prophets. Why? Because the New Testament hadn't been written yet. But as the New Testament began to be codified and inspired by God, the New Testament scriptures uh, began to lead the New Covenant believers uh, along the lines of what it means now to live in the New Covenant and Paul makes a statement, the Holy Spirit inspires Paul to make a statement that says in 2 Timothy 3.16 that uh, Scripture is God-breathed. Therefore, if something is God-breathed, it automatically has authority. Uh, there, there is no authority above God's breathing or His, spo- or his spoken word. Um, there, there is no mention uh, in the Bible 
of me, you know, let's let's take it out of that context as well and just bring it to today. Uh, as I'm speaking as a pastor, um, there's no authority in my life that supersedes the scriptures. And what that means to me is if I say something that contradicts the scriptures, uh, and even if I say, but I'm the pastor and I have authority, I'm to be dismissed and to be exchanged for the truth of the scriptures because God does not give men authority over and above what he has written. Uh, and and so everything that we say and everything that we think and even church traditions, which all churches have traditions, have to submit themselves to the clear teaching of the scriptures. And where tradition contradicts the Bible, we're going to have to accept the Bible uh, and allow change our tradition. Um, you know the 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 time when things when things are being asserted in the scriptures. One of the phrases um, that is used uh, to support that. Um, by Jesus and the apostles is that phrase, it is written. And and the appealing of, of what is written rather than what has been developed through religion and church history. I mean, there's scholars have spent their whole life talking about that, but that would be the very beginning of, of how I would answer a question like that. Okay, I, and I don't know if you have time, but um, it seems like a lot of what you're saying seems, I mean, obviously declares the scripture to be authoritative, it's, I guess yes. I'm wondering about the the alone part, Scripture alone. Why why no? Why can't there be other sources of uh, authority, church tradition, um, things like that? Well, it depends on what you might mean by authority, because I think as as it's properly interpreted, then you could call that tradition. You could call that like communion. We've interpreted to take communion together. Um, I think we can all agree on that. What the big disagreement would be uh, is, and we could say taking tra- taking communion is a tradition. We could say that because it's been something that every church has held to uh, from the beginning. But the question is, is when tradition contradicts, then it has no authority because the scriptures supersede it. But we are 20 seconds away. Call back next week. It's a great discussion, and it's certainly worthy of, of uh, probing it a little bit deeper. But thanks for calling. Hey, thanks for joining us today at Calvary Live. I went right up to the end uh, with time and appreciate the opportunity to be with you this afternoon. God bless you. Have a great day in the Lord. Go to church this weekend and worship Jesus with the saints. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.